the time away. And uh, so, so nice to have the Hall family here today. Kind of surprised us uh, coming in a week early. Um, but nice to see them. Um, uh, miss you guys a lot. <laughs> uh, so in thinking of the message for today, thinking of Independence Day, um, a bunch of thoughts came to mind on what, what should we speak about, what, what should we think about, what text should we go to. And immediately my mind was drawn to freedom, to freedom, to liberty. Um, the fact that uh, we have the ability of being declared free, um, not by anything we have done, um, but because of Jesus Christ and what He, what he has done for us. And uh, yes, we live in a, in a free nation, um, but also we have the ability to be declared righteous or spiritually free through Jesus Christ. And um, I just want to take a few moments this afternoon. We'll look in Galatians. I know we already spent a year and a half in Galatians, uh, but there are such a, such a good few verses in there that really express this liberty, this freedom that we have in Christ. And... Um, what am I talking about, this freedom in Christ? Uh, see, we are, we are born into sin. We're born sinners. Um, and, and there's a problem. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. We're in bondage to sin. We're slaves to sin. But Jesus Christ, knowing that, um, paid for that sin debt. He died on the cross. He shed His perfect sinless blood for us. And through faith in Him and His finished work, we can be declared righteous, we can have true freedom. And I I start off like that because the book of Galatians, as a lot of us are familiar with, is there's people challenging that freedom that is found in Christ. There's a group of people that are saying, Christ isn't enough, you can't truly be be free in Christ, you have to add these works, you have to add this this list of, of rules and traditions and laws to Christ to be free indeed or to actually be free. So Paul writes this this letter to the churches of Galatia and he explains to them, he defends justification through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And uh, that's that's a big picture of Galatians. Um, But what we're going to look at today is just a couple verses out of there. Um, We're going to see Paul giving another reminder of what true liberty is, of what freedom is, of what this freedom in Christ looks like. Um, great reminder to the Galatians that he was writing to, but it's a great reminder for us still today that we can look at. Let's pray, and then we'll take a look at our text. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for all that You are. I thank You for Your faithfulness and Your love. Thank You um, that we can live in a, in a free country. I thank You so much, even more, for the freedom that we can find in Your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank You for Your love and Your faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Galatians chapter 5 is where we'll be. Verses 13 through 15. Let's go ahead and read those this morning. We'll read all three verses. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Um, as we're looking in these, these verses, we look at these three verses, I want to define some terms 
before we start to explain them. Uh, the word brethren in verse 13, speaking of believers. The word called is the idea of being invited or called. We understand that word. Liberty means freedom. And that's what we're looking at today is this freedom in Christ. Occasion is speaking of opportunity. Flesh is speaking of sinful desires. The love mentioned that we find here is an agape love. Um, Several different types of love. But this agape love is the type of love that God has for us. The type of love that we should have for everyone else. So understand the type of love that's being, being spoken of here. Um, and then the word serve that we find is um, actually speaking of a slave or a servant. So it, it kind of gives us some depth, some insight into this type of service that we should be having for each other. It's almost this, this slave mentality in a good way where we just want to serve, uh, where we feel like we should serve other people. Why would we do that? Out of love. And as, as we're looking at these verses, um, remember the context. Paul is writing to the churches in Galatia. Galatia would be modern-day Turkey. Um, he's writing to the brethren, to the believers. And that is so important here to recognize who he's speaking to here. He's speaking to believers in this passage. And as I said earlier, he's countering this false teaching from the Judaizers that were undermining justification by faith. They were spreading that the Gentiles must become Jewish, Jewish proselytes and fully submit to the whole Mosaic law before they could be justified. And Paul is defending justification by faith. And that's so important when we're talking about freedom and we're looking at true freedom. Because if you're in bondage to rules and regulations, if you're in bondage to a law, um, there's not freedom there. If you have to try to add your works to something that Christ already paid for, there is not freedom there. It's bondage and it's slavery and it's something that we can never accomplish because we can never be good enough in our own strength to earn a right standing before God. And to live thinking that we have to be better is bondage and it's slavery. So look at the first part of verse 13 again. For brethren... You have been called unto liberty. So he's saying, believers, Christians, you are invited to freedom. You, you are free. You have liberty. You are free from the law as a means of salvation. You're free from the curse of the law for disobedience to the law. Isn't that good news? Man, I'm glad I'm not in bondage to the law and the curse of the law. Christ bore the curse of the law for us. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Christ bore our curse, and He offers freedom. This liberty is the freedom of knowing that one is accepted by God. That one is declared righteous because of Christ's sufficient merit. Rather than knowing that our insufficient merit is never enough to please Him. Could you imagine the weight? Could you imagine the bondage of always feeling like you have to do more or be more to please God? To earn a right standing before Him? Could you imagine the weight? Such a heavy burden 
that Christ paid for. I'm so thankful I don't have to bear the burden of my sins and the consequences for my sins because Christ paid for them. And we are invited to freedom. And in Christ, we have true freedom. We are free in Christ. Notice with this freedom what the freedom is not. The second part of verse 13. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. This liberty, this freedom, is not a license to do whatever we want. Isn't that contrary to uh, the freedom that the world speaks of? That the world is looking for? Well, I'm free so I can do whatever I want. Just so it's right in my eyes, it's good. And there's no moral absolute. The, the freedom of, of Christ is much different. There, there's some responsibility there. Um, we, we do give account to someone. So this freedom is not a license to give into our sinful desires and call it liberty. Oh, I can do whatever I want. I have liberty. That's not the liberty that's being spoken of. Just because we are free in Christ does not mean we can do whatever we want. Romans 6, 1 and 2, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Look down at verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. As believers, we have the privilege of living under the guidance, under the restraint, under the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us obey and follow the will of God. Our our guide is not external bondage, but the internal dwelling and leading of the Holy Spirit. And there is freedom. There is freedom there. Our responsibility is to walk in the Spirit. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this liberty is not so we can just do whatever we want. We've covered that. We've made that clear. What is it for then? What should this liberty, what should this freedom in Christ motivate us to do? Look at the last part of verse 13. But by love, serve one another. This freedom in Christ should motivate us to love. And that love should motivate us to serve. Romans 6.18 Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Uh, Loving God, loving others, is doing what is right. Our freedom enables us to be servants of righteousness. 1 Peter 2.16 As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. What's maliciousness? It's wickedness. It's naughtiness. But as the servants of God. This freedom allows us to serve God. This freedom compels us to love. It compels us to serve. When we're following the steps of Christ, when we are His genuine disciples, doesn't that make sense? That we're loving and serving? We've been looking at the steps of Christ for uh, eight months, nine months now, and we've barely started to dive into the Gospels. But we've been watching Christ, and have you noticed the love and the compassion that He has? The example that He set for us to, to love? 
and to serve. So if we're following His steps, and we should be following His example, He set an example of love and service. Doesn't, make, doesn't it make sense that that's what we'll be doing? Loving and serving? Look at Luke chapter 22. Verses 24 through 27. Speaking of the example of service that, that Christ left for us, and we could turn all over the New Testament and find these examples. Luke 22, verses 24 through 27. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. Um, could you imagine the, the apostles, the disciples having an argument with, I'm greater than you, I'm better than you. We talked about that a little bit last week. Well, that's the scene that we have going on. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. What example did Christ give? It was an example of service. The apostles are fighting about who's greatest. Christ is the greatest ever of all time. And He is there saying, listen, I'm, I'm a servant. We need to be servants. Aren't we to have the same mindset as Christ? Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-7, through seven, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So we're talking about God here, God in the flesh, made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. The greatest of all time, Jesus Christ was a servant. And that's the example He gave, and those are the steps that we should follow in. An example of love and of service. This freedom compels us to love and to service. But what does that look like? Because how often do we hear, you should love, you should be nice, you should, you should serve. It's church, right? I mean, that, that's what you hear when you come here. But what does that look like? In real life, what does it look like to have this love and this service that we know we should have, that Paul reminds us that we should have, this love and service that freedom from Christ enables us to have? What does it look like? Does it look like, I love you. I I love everybody. Just talking about it. Is that what Jesus did? Did Jesus walk around just talking about love? Hey, you should love, you should serve but get over here and do this and that for me. Directing orders. No. We see Jesus diving in. We see Him having compassion on people that didn't deserve compassion. We see Him serving people who were, who were struggling, who were hurting. This love that it's talking about isn't just talking about love everybody. It's I love you, let me show you. I truly love you, let me serve you. Let me... Let me show you the love of Christ. Let me let His light shine. I love you. I'm willing to serve. That's what this love looks like. Look at verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That word fulfilled means carried out. 
this love, the idea, the actions of loving and serving help us to do what is right. We have freedom to do what is right. What is right is loving God and loving our neighbors. When we're loving like we should be, we'll be doing what is right. Um, For an example of that, look at the Ten Commandments. The two relationships that we find there, our relationship with God, our relationship with other people. When When you look at those relationships, those guidelines, you can find them in Exodus 20 if you'd like to look at them. Have you noticed that all those commands are relational? It's real life relationships between us and God and between us and other people. Go through the list. Which of those commandments are we violating when we're loving and we're serving? Do you see how the law can be fulfilled or carried out? The Ten Commandments can be fulfilled or carried out when we're loving and we're serving like we should? So it can be, it can be wrapped up here as Paul wraps it up. Love thy neighbor as thyself. You want to do what's right? Love your neighbor as yourself. When we are loving and serving, we are, bedi- we are obedient to the Ten Commandments. And we know this stuff. And we'd probably say, I do love. Maybe with a little bit of attitude. I do love. What are you talking about? What do your actions say? Because I think that's a good, good indicator. Do our actions say that we love? Uh, I said earlier, Jesus did more than talk about love. Does our love resemble the example of love that Christ gave? As disciples of Christ? Isn't that who we're trying to reflect? Um, 1 Corinthians 13, we were there a few weeks ago. The love chapter. The first three verses of that chapter highlight some important truths that we might have the right words, we might have the right answers, we might have some of the, the right actions, but without love, what are we doing? We're just making noise. It's worthless. It profits nothing. We understand the importance. We understand the the truths that we're looking at this morning. It's not like me telling you new stuff up here. But are we living it out? Because when we're sensitive and obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit as we saw we should be, guess what we're doing? We're loving and we're serving. Are we motivated by love? Do we love Do we serve? Do we care? Um, And I said I would talk about this a little bit, but with this freedom, we are held accountable and we have a responsibility. So yes, we're free in Christ. We understand what that freedom is not, but we also understand with that freedom, there is responsibility to love and to serve. Um. Look at, look at verse 15, because that gives us the flip side of this loving and serving. And this is kind of what we see a lot of, or maybe a lot of what the world sees about 
Christians or, or thinks about Christians. Uh, look at verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Uh, the scary thought is that Paul is talking to believers here. And he's talking about biting and devouring. Uh, definition of, of biting, if you're wondering, is biting. That's what he's talking about. The picture that he's giving. The word devour. A little more tricky. Talking about eating down. Do you see the, the imagery that, that he's painting here? The graphic picture? The images of wild animals attacking each other to the death and eating each other down. Is that a problem when we're talking about the body of Christ? Paul talks about, you know, love and serve, but then he's like, hold on here. Pay attention. Take heed. Watch out. Don't bite and devour one another because the result of that is consuming each other. What does that word consume mean? To use up or to destroy. Here he's not talking about animals. We're given the image, the idea of animals. But what he's talking about is believers biting and devouring one another. And you might think, oh, Christians. Christians would never act like that. They, they love and serve and care. We know better. We've probably been the one biting and devouring. Or at least we've been bit. We, we understand the thought and the idea. We've seen it. We've probably experienced it. And we need to watch out. Yes, familiar message. You're supposed to love and serve. But the reality of it is that there's consequences when we don't love and we don't serve. Um, biting and devouring is not Christ's design for His church. Why do we see it all over in churches? Why do we hear about little, little spats going on in, in churches and among Christians? And it's not isolated to Christians only. I understand that. But when we're to be the light of Christ and examples for Christ and we're to be following in His steps, why is it that we so often see it? How do we keep from biting and devouring? We love and we serve. Verse 13, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yes, we have liberty. Yes, we have freedom. We are free in Christ. That freedom allows us to love and to serve. Are we walking? Are you walking? in obedience to the Holy Spirit? Am I walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit in my daily life? Are we loving and serving? Or are we looking for opportunities to bite and devour? Negative side of it, but have you been around someone like that? Shouldn't be said about us. But we can see it. 
Don't let it be you. Because that's not the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, so important. So simple. The thought of it. Let's love. Let's serve. Let's not talk about it. Let's actually love and serve each other. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank